Hi, my gems. Welcome or welcome back to the Growing Gardenias podcast. This is your safe and affirming space for us to heal together, grow together, and normalize the hard mental health things we don't like to talk about. I'm your host, Niara. Thank you for tuning in with me and joining me on this journey. Hi, my loves. Happy Sunday. I hope you all had a beautiful week. Thank you so much for tuning in with me again. So today is another special episode because I have my sister here, Miss Corey Badio. We are going to be talking about cultivating a space of loving wellness, what that means, what it looks like for us, how we are currently doing this, and what it could look like for you. I'm so happy to have you here today. Thank you so much for joining me. So let's get into it. How are you feeling? How are you doing today? Hey, girl. Um, <laughs> you know what? I'm just so excited to... <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're laughing because we love each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, but I'm, you know, honestly... I I think when I hear that, you know, my instinct is to just be like, oh, girl, I'm fine. You know, everything's mm. fine. But honestly, like it, it's been just I've had to be really intentional about just preserving my health and my joy right now because mm. we're just living in some super unprecedented times. Um, yeah, girl, just like the collective grief right now with the police violence like against black folks and. Like, you know, I'm currently living in Florida and just living in the midst of just this, you know, war on Black folks and diversity and equity and just like the ban on AP African-American studies. And um, yeah, it's just been I've been feeling, I think, pretty vulnerable lately. Mm -hmm. Um, Really just like wanting to honestly just like numb and just like disassociate Um, but like also wanting to show up fully and authentically. Um, so yeah, I just am really excited to be in this space, to be in community with you, to, to show up and, you know, the things that just breathe life into us and passion and purpose. And, um, yeah, that's kind of just my check-in. Yeah. Thank you so much. And I'm so happy to have you here and I'm so excited for this conversation. So, Introduce yourself. Tell us about yourself. Yeah, so um, I was born and raised in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, a proud ATLian. I actually went to school <laughs> <laughs> for undergrad um, at Georgia State University. So if there are any listeners um, that go to Georgia State, go Panthers. Um, that's where I studied psychology and Africana studies. Um, which I loved. Um, That's also the time of my life where I really got to start on like my healing journey and Mm. like my spiritual journey, um, which, you know, was just such a profound moment in my life and where I really think like I discovered my passion and my purpose and really feel like God just kind of put me on this path of, you know, um, having just this commitment to healing and being a facilitator of healing and um, you know, kind of like this, um, you know, steward of justice, particularly for Black folks, you know, across the diaspora. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, during this time, I like had the opportunity to start a organization, a student-led organization that focused on Black mental health. Um, and so that's when like I really, you know, cultivated this passion for psychology and mm-hmm. 
wanted to pursue being a psychologist. So currently I'm pursuing a PhD in counseling psychology at the University of Florida. Um, and generally my work really rests at this intersection of mental health, um, spirituality, and like social justice and social justice advocacy. Right. And yeah, you know, I'm really passionate, I think, about integrating these approaches to health and healing because I think they're often, you know, discussed like separately. But like, I feel like there's this common theme and thread and that mm -hmm. like, there's just this concern, this general um, concern for the healing and the welfare of humanity and particularly like the healing of folks that experience oppression and right. marginalization. Um, and so, yeah, that's a little bit more about, you know, just the work that I do and kind of the space that I'm in. Um, and yeah, just really God willing, hopeful that I can continue to deepen my purpose and leverage my skills um, in a way to develop like just a culture of loving wellness um, for folks, particularly folks across the Black diaspora. Yeah, I love that. And I also have to say the work that you're doing is amazing and you are needed, especially in the Black community. So please keep it up and you will do all the things that you aspire to do. Um, I have no doubt in my mind about that. I also have to say congratulations on pushing through that PhD program, girl. You didn't mention it, but I'm going to have to mention it for you and give you that <laughs> praise because you are doing it and I'm so, so proud of you. So just had to throw that in there. Yeah. Of course. So I think for the content context of this episode and cultivating loving wellness that we should talk about how we met and developed our sisterhood. And again, we're mentioning this because I think it's relevant to cultivating loving wellness and forming relationships and connection. For sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think, you know, first, I just want to say thank you for you know, um, just the kudos on navigating PhD, because as you're familiar, like it is so difficult navigating this space, um, particularly as black women. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, shout out to our mentor, Dr. Evan August, um, for connecting us and for seeing just like the commonality, not only, you know, in our like work and our professional interests, but also just our stories and like what we've been navigating in this space um kind of just I think our sisterhood has been just this really like graceful and gradual process where we've just been able to like pour into one another um yes. and just like you know just receive that love from each other um while navigating just this space that is constantly taking from us <laughs> And like taking us for granted and um, just just very oppressive, you know, to put it plainly. Um, and so just being in community with you, honestly, truthfully, has been so needed. It's been so just loving and gentle and, you know, um, empowering. Like, you know, we, I think, have really just been able to compassionately, like, hold each other accountable and like yeah. our goals and our aspirations, but like really just humanizing one another. Um, they're just like this loving kindness. So 
Yeah, no, I I love you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love you too, sis. And I share the exact same sentiments. And shout out to Dr. Evan August because he is the GOAT. Um, <laughs> and I completely agree. I think it's been, like I said in the last episode, we can't heal in isolation. And I feel like that has been normalized, but community healing is extremely, extremely helpful and has been super helpful for me on my healing journey. And so I like to call Corey my soul sister because it feels like we've known each other in past lifetimes. Like we literally, we met, I think we had what, like we were texting or something and I'm like, oh, she cool as hell. Like, this is my girl. And then we started FaceTiming and I'm like, okay, I literally love your whole life. Oh. <laughs> girl, likewise, likewise. I feel like you. you definitely are like my soul sister and I love how we have like this, we have like a lot of similarities, but we also have like this yin and yang complex where yes. like- you give me what I need and I give you what you need. And absolutely. It's really the epitome of loving wellness for real. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we just wanted to put that disclaimer out there. And later on, we'll talk more about how you all can kind of foster this loving wellness into your relationships as well. So let's actually get into it. So first, generally, what is love to you and what is wellness to you? Yeah, you know, I love that question. And I love that we're kind of like starting off by really exploring both of these things separately. And I think I want to start off with really defining what love is. So when we think about love, um, I think we kind of attribute it as like this feeling or this emotion, right? Um, right. But love, love is a lot deeper. Love is a lot, like it's this very rich um, tender, compassionate, and gentle energy that sustains us. Um, love is really the ways in which like we relate to ourselves, mm. um, and then the ways we relate to others. Um, and so that's kind of how I understand and receive love. Right. Um, on the other hand, you know, I think wellness is the ways in which, you know, we actively pursue health and like well-being and like mm -hmm. the practical steps we take to achieve, you know, health. And so there's so many different types of wellness, you know, there's mental wellness, which can be practiced through therapy or achieved through therapy. You know, there's physical wellness, mm -hmm. which may look like, you know, eating nutrient-dense foods. There's yeah spiritual wellness, um, you know, praying or, you know, going to church. Um, there's political wellness and, um, you know, that could be participating in advocacy or activism um, that can promote political wellness. And then there's like community wellness, right? So like caring for others and then also being cared by others. Right. Um, so that's kind of like how I understand wellness. Mm -hmm. And so when we kind of like, really cultivate both of those things or bring both of those things together. The goal of loving wellness is really just to normalize the relationship between love and between mm. well-being and wellness. And so uh, to put it plainly, I think loving wellness is really the ways in which we practice love mm. and how we achieve wellness through love. Mm, okay. 
That's beautiful. And I resonated with everything you said. And I, so, well, you know this, I've been reading um, All About Love by Bell Hooks. So that is kind of reframing my mind about what I thought love was. Mm -hmm. And I agree with your definition. And I also think too, for me, I understand love as action um, and more incorporating it into like lifestyle. And so I'm not considering what other people can do for me. That's not why I'm loving someone. It's more like unconditional. Like I'm loving you in your entirety. I'm loving you wholly. Um, And I think that that really reflects like everything that you just said. And especially in the wellness sense, um, you need community wellness and you, you need all of that to thrive. And I think that this society especially has really normalized kind of like Mm. that isolation culture and loneliness culture. And it kind of invalidates the fact that humans thrive with Mm. on connection. Like that is something that is needed. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've been guilty of being like, Oh, I don't need anybody like in the past. Oh, I can do everything by my, no, you can't. I mean, you can, and you can burn yourself out. That's not fun, but you do need that. Um, community healing and that loving and I love the intersection of loving wellness and Mm -hmm. so just as a follow-up you know you kind of started touching based on like what is loving wellness and how they interact so what does this actually mean and um what does this look like yeah well you know I love that you know first and foremost that you're reading bell hooks you know all about love changing Um, my life Yeah, man, I read all about love before I started PhDing and it just really transformed just my understanding of love and the ways in which I wanted love to function, not just in my personal life, but also in like my research and my clinical work, like um, Bell Hooks, man, like God bless her. Um, Early. You know, rest in peace. Um, so I definitely would say, you know, following up to you naming that bell hooks definitely inspired just the ways in which I understood and experienced loving wellness mm-hmm. foundationally, you know, I kind of mentioned this piece about spiritual wellness and, you know, I identify as Christian. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that just my introduction into even understanding love and how love is and how, you know, love functions definitely is rooted in kind of just my faith and my Mm -hmm. spirituality. And so I think a lot of folks that, you know, identify as Christian are familiar with like first Corinthians, you know, 13, four through eight, where we are literally given the definition of love Mm -hmm. and kind of like what love embraces as well as like what love resists. right? Right. So like, embraces kindness it embraces patience truth um it embraces you know endurance and things like that um and on the flip side like love resists you know wrongdoing it resists oppression it resists you know rudeness arrogance envy um so i want to i definitely want to you know name the piece that just like my spirituality has played and just Mm -hmm. like the ways in which I practice living in love. Um, And then, you know, also kind of just wanted to, you know, we kind of talked a little bit about bell hooks and bell hooks, like, you know, liberatory and trailblazing work around love. Um, I also wanted to kind of name, 
one of my other inspos, which is Dr. MLK Jr., mm-hmm. um, the ways in which like he really ministered just this gospel of love and how mm-hmm. love at the nucleus of his radical work and his radical resistance and not watered down, right? Um, right. But really radical um, and and bold in his message of love. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite quotes by him is, I have decided to stick with love. Hate is too great a burden to bear. And I love mm-hmm. this quote because I think it really like kind of hints at that relationship between love and wellness, right? Because when I think of like, burden like that that's that's heavy that's yeah oppressive that's that's distressing Mm -hmm. um so like love liberates you know love heals and so that's kind of you know the foundation I think um and there's like so many other brilliant and compassionate minded you know folks who have you know really explored love and loving wellness and you know things of that nature but those are some of the like I think notable figures that definitely yeah. inspire me. Yeah. Definitely. And I love that. And I also share, again, similar sentiments. I just resonate with your whole life. <laughs> like, I swear. Um, <laughs> when Bell Hooks, uh, the chapter of living life with a love ethic, I've personally mm-hmm. been making sure that I do that. You do. You do do oh, that. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> no, I don't think you realize, like, Okay, so I'm gonna let y'all in on something that Niara does. <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> no, it's the sweetest thing. And oh, it's okay. like it's like loving wellness for real to me because like you will always ask me, have I eaten today? Yeah. And I just love that question because like your unconditional concern and regard for like my nutrition, you know. <laughs> It is the most, I'm like, I've never had a friend literally ask me, like, almost every time I talk to her, like, curious about if I've eaten today. But, like, to me, like, that feels so powerful and 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 kind and, like, considerate. And, you know, I just, I really appreciate that about you. I got to make sure my girl nourishing her body out here. Okay. Oh. Of course. But yeah, well, thank you for saying that. And I received that because um, I do wonder, like, am I as I'm reading, I'm like, hmm, am I doing this? And just trying to be very intentional um, with even what I consume, what I put out there, like how I speak to people, any feelings that don't resonate with the love ethic that I'm holding. Um, so whether that's anger or resentment or anything of that nature and just kind of letting things go and kind of just truly living in love. So that leads me perfectly into the next question. So why and how did you develop loving wellness? Like, what is your reason? What is your why? Yeah, girl, you know what? Um, I, I love that question because it definitely was such a personal journey. Um, I'm actually going to kind of like shift back into like Corey when she was a kid. Okay. Um, so buckle in. Buckle um, in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mentioned that I was born in Atlanta, Georgia, right? Mm-hmm. Um, around my elementary school years, I lived in a county called East Cobb County, which is in Marietta, Georgia. 
Mm. For folks who don't know, that's like north of Atlanta, about 35 to 40 minutes north of Atlanta. Um, and so I grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood, went to predominantly white schools. Um, and, you know, during my time in undergrad, when I was like studying psychology and Africana studies, that's when I really was given the language to really name some of the experiences that I had, you know, early in childhood. So um, I think that during that time period, I internalized, you know, a lot of really harmful messages about myself and about who I am as a Black woman, as a Black girl. Um, and um, I think it was definitely a lot of gendered racism. Um, and for folks, I mean, I'm sure folks know what gendered racism is, but that's basically just when you experience systems of like oppression related to your race as well as your gender. Right. And so, for example, like I definitely there was so much messaging around beauty standards and particularly Eurocentric beauty standards. And, you know, as the only black girl in my class, I didn't look like all the other white girls. I didn't look like everybody else. Um, there was no representation for me growing up outside of, you know, my household. So at a very young age, I internalized a lot of feelings of inferiority and otherness. Um, and it was just very deeply, you know, embedded in my psyche at such a young age. Um, I remember being like five years old and asking my mom, like, mom, like, why is my skin not white like the other kids? Mm. Like, why don't I look like the other kids? And my mom shocked. <laughs> like, yeah, we're black, like black is beautiful. Um, like you're beautiful. But like, you know, I, I kind of just share that to show like at such a young age, we're already like interpreting how the world perceives us. And so for black girls, you know, we are experiencing like a world that is really harmful to not just like our racial identity, but also like our gender identity. Um, and so I think like that definitely had such an impact, not only in like the ways in which I related to myself mm -hmm. and like loved myself, but it also started seeping into like my relationship with others and the world around me. So yeah, just kind of like growing up in that space of constantly feeling like chronic feelings of inferiority and otherness, you know, um, it definitely impacted the way in which I related to myself and the ways in which I related to others. And so when we talk about like, you know, trauma, you know, you're in psychology, so you're kind of familiar with, you know, kind of some of the consequences um, of trauma. Yeah. Um, so when we talk about like, you know, shame and feelings of unworthiness or imposter feelings, um, I think that definitely is something that, you know, really just disrupts our, you know, relationship, our loving relationship with ourselves. Um, you know, and then I think you named this piece a little bit earlier too. Like we live in this very, you know, um, we live in this culture that really has romanticized isolating. Yeah. And isolating is a trauma response, y'all. Like, talk about it. <laughs> talk about it. So we got to talk about it. Right. Like, isolation is a trauma response. Isolation is how we try, like, we avoid, mm -hmm. you know, things that feel scary or harmful in ways of, so that we can protect ourselves from like yeah. feeling other 
Um, and so like that, you know, interrupts our loving relationship and our, and our, you know, connection with community and with others, which is such an important part of just being well. Um, you know, even we talk about like social anxiety and, you know, kind of just like this, this hypervigilance of how others, you know, perceive you or experience you. Yeah. Um, jealousy, you know, I feel like we don't, talk about jealousy being a trauma response, but, you know, if you're growing up in a space in an environment that is constantly telling you that you are without, that you don't have access to safety, that you're not worthy mm -hmm. of safety, then it would be, you know, the, having that reaction or that re emotional response of jealousy, that makes sense. Yeah. You know? It's normal. It's normal. Um, and all of these things are not like, character flaws, you know, right. They are a consequence or a symptom or something that is really underneath. So the question that loving wellness really seeks to answer is how do you feel abundant in a world that is always telling you that you're lacking, right? Like, how do you feel abundant in a world that is always trying to take your power away? Um, so that's really what loving wellness is really seeking to answer that question. Yeah. And I love that. And I think, especially for, first of all, thank you for sharing that. Um, as I was listening to you, I'm like, wow, you inspire me so much. And I really started embracing loving wellness. You put me onto it. We had a conversation. You kind of explained like what loving wellness was. And I'm like, wow, you are so amazing. And like, you shine so bright. And I really love that. Um, and you inspired me to live a life more lovingly and focus on wellness and focus on loving wellness and understanding it. Um, so one, thank you for that. And thank you for just what you bring to our spaces and just everywhere. Like you just shine so bright. I wish I could see her. Like I'm gonna tag her so y'all can see her. Like she's just, oh, I love you so much. Anywho. Well, I just want to say thank you so much. I mean, the light you see in me is the light that I see in you, honestly. Mm -hmm. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, no, you definitely inspire me to just show up authentically and fully. And, you know, it's so easy to to want to run away, you know, to want to retreat and to want to to hide and to isolate. But you've definitely shown me just like the power and and showing up fully and like believing in yourself. And so you, you know, inspire me the same way. If y'all couldn't tell, we're in love. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no. Um, thank you. Thank you. And of course, I receive that. I always receive all the affirmations you speak over my life. Um, so this, again, is perfect. It's how and I think this is an example of us upholding loving wellness right now. Right. Like we are gentle with each other. We love on each other. We hold each other accountable. You know, we check in. And so how can we uphold loving wellness and what what are like the values that make up loving wellness yeah absolutely so I just want to mention like you know before I, I move forward um I'm getting my PhD in counseling psychology but I'm not a licensed therapist therapist so everything that I say is not a substitute for therapy just gotta put that this time around and there. neither is growing gardenias okay <laughs> <laughs> Um, awesome. And then also I wanted to name that, like, you know, loving wellness is not a theory. It's more so an invitation. 
Um, but there are some ways that we can, you know, implement and practice, you know, loving wellness. And so I think of it and kind of just these, these four principles, right? Um, so first and foremost, profound tenderness. Mm. You know, I think that like, you know, there's so much, you know, power in, in extending gentleness and kindness and receiving gentleness and kindness, you know, um, truthfully, like we're all navigating a human experience and like, you just don't know what people are going through. Like you just don't know. So like, just be kind, <laughs> you know, like, like just be kind. You, you really have no idea what a person is holding at any given time. Mm-hmm. And we all need that gentleness and that kindness, you know, within and then and like our community and the space around us in order to feel safe. I completely agree. And people are fighting silent battles. Um, mm-hmm. People show up with smiles on their faces and they are struggling with demons. Mm-hmm. And just like you said, be kind. Like you don't know when someone is on their last straw. And even if they aren't on their last straw, just be kind. Because what do you get out of not being kind? Like you can make someone's day. Like, have you ever been like, like you're having a really bad day and someone just like compliments you or someone just says something nice to you. And you just like, I've had a moment where I've literally broken down like, wow, this person just said like, oh, I love your hair or something or something like small. And I'm like, wow, I needed that. Wow. <laughs> like you just yeah. never know like what you're bringing. So it's like show up in that kindness. Like, I've spoken to a lot of just friends and in community. We're all exhausted. Like mm-hmm. I've been having like, you know, I asked the other day, how are you all taking care of self in like this capitalistic society? Like, how are you doing it? It's hard. Everyone is exhausted. (laughs) It's exhausting. It is so exhausting. It is so exhausting. Like, I don't know how my parents do it. I don't know how my grandparents did it. Man. Like, I quit every day (laughs) (laughs) every day (laughs) um but I mean I think that's so real right like um we are all living in a world that is just so exhausting you know um and you just never know what people are going through. I remember when I was 12 years old, um, you kind of sharing this reminded me, you know, at the time, like I mentioned, I was carrying a lot of internalized, just like shame around, you know, my my sense of self. And I did not feel beautiful growing up. Yeah. Um, a, I remember this, um, I was in the mall with like my mom and my cousin and this, um, this lady uh, walked up to me and she just was like, you know what? You are so beautiful. Like, I just had to stop and tell you. And when I tell you, I literally bust down and broke down in tears in the middle of that mall. Because, you know, even my mom was like, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you just never know what these babies are going through. You never know what these children are going through. You never know what I'm going through, what you're going through. Right. In this moment. You know, we're on this podcast and, you know, we're we're 
you know, sharing our light. But at the end of the day, we're still human beings and we still have our own trauma experiences and, you know, our own human experiences. And we're navigating it the best way that we can and showing right. up the best way that we can. So just like be kind. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> that's the moral of the story. Be kind. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So with the second principle, um, I refer to it as um, radical compassion. And um, I love radical compassion. Radical compassion is not something I came up with. It's actually something that like, you know, exists in kind of the literature um, and the science of like positive psychology. Mm. Um, And with radical compassion, it really encompasses like this this compassionate curiosity and concern about like, what do you need in this moment? Um, And really just taking an audit of that as well as, you know, because this is a collective thing, what might a loved one need in this moment? Right. Um, You know, really just being, just really just holding space for like that curiosity and that concern um, and just like pouring in that compassion Yeah. Compassion has been a big part of my life as of recently. Um, I feel like it's easy for us to shame ourselves. It's easy for us to feel guilty for maybe past mistakes that we've made. And I've made an effort to practice a lot of self-compassion, which I also feel like ties in with like forgiveness. Um, And then just also, like you said, compassion for others. Like, what do you need in the moment? And what do your loved ones need in the moment? Like, we are not always 100 and we can't always be 100. And I think kind of showing up for people and people showing up for you and being compassionate to what you're experiencing. Like, I think I mentioned this in the last episode. My friends and I, when we check in, and even us, we do this too. It's like, do you have the capacity to take this on right now? If you don't, understandable like no worries at all no hard feelings like we respect each other's time and mental energy because this shit is hard (laughs) like this life thing is hard you know and people a lot of people are hanging on by a thread literally and so kind of practicing that compassion and extending grace also extending grace like that falls under the compassion for me extending grace to self extending grace to others like that is so 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 important and so I love this idea of radical um, compassion just like in the last episode radical self-care it's part of it it's part of it part of it you know I love that I love how you mentioned this piece of like really confronting shame right because like with radical compassion you're really getting to the root of like what is causing this shame and what do I need grace with right like what do I need to forgive myself for what do I need to like release um and like no longer carry in my spirit right and so like I really really love just kind of like what you shared and that like definitely fits underneath that you know principle of radical compassion for sure thank you yeah so with the third um principle Um, This refers to what we call collective responsibility. Um, And we kind of mentioned this earlier, but really lovingly holding one another accountable. Um, We're human beings and human beings, you know, we're just wired to make mistakes. Yeah. 
sometimes we need guidance and we need redirection. Um, and, you know, having that moment of really, you know, calling in so that we can learn and grow in love, like it's mm -hmm. such a critical part of collective responsibility. And again, like doing so in a loving way, like, you know, no shaming, you know, no condemnation, just, just a check-in to see, you know, where's, where's your spirit at? Where's my spirit at? Like, what do we kind of need to be held accountable for so that we can continue on this journey of loving wellness and growing and evolving and thriving and healing? Right. So. Right. And I think something you mentioned, like holding each other accountable to me, that's a part of love as well. Right. Like I, my, my village of people, including you, um, we gonna hold each other accountable, okay? And it's always gentle. It's never like, you know, you're an idiot, you're this, you're that. Like, why would you do? No, it's always like, okay, yeah. I have compassion. I have grace for you. I understand. And even if I don't understand, I can still empathize with you, you know? And that's so important. Like, I always say, um, I don't have any yes men around me and I don't want any yes men around me. And going back to this idea of collective responsibility, I do feel like it's our responsibility as loved ones mm -hmm. to keep each other and hold each other accountable and also holding ourselves accountable and yeah. not taking a not taking it personally if someone you love is holding you accountable because you know that it's coming from a place of love. It's not coming from a place of malintent. It's not coming from a place of envy or jealousy. It's coming from a place of, hey, I love you and I want you to do better because I see that, you know, maybe you're struggling or maybe you're experiencing something or maybe you are not acting in a way that aligns with who you are and the values that you hold for yourself. And the people who love you know some of the values that you hold for yourself and know some of your morals and can call that out. Sometimes you don't always see when you're not acting as if, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, that just, that just made me think about it when you said collective responsibility. Like, that's absolutely our jobs as loved ones. We do it all the time. Yeah. No, we do. <laughs> we do. Um, it, that's so beautiful. And I love that you named that because you're so right. Like, you know, we definitely have to hold one another accountable and we have to be willing to be held accountable, which is something that like I'm learning, you know, I'm, you know, like transparency moment. I'm a recovering people pleaser. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I've always struggled with holding people people accountable mm -hmm. um and like that's such a vicious cycle because not only yeah. does that person not learn but then you start developing feelings of resentment towards that person yeah um, and that disrupts that loving wellness relationship so accountability um loving accountability right yes. because like I mentioned no judgment no condemnation no shame just accountability um you know, like, hey, sis, I love you and I see you. Um, and I'm noticing that there's this pattern happening and I'm kind of curious, like, what's going on right now? Mm -hmm. How can I help to make you feel, you know, empowered to shift? You know, um, that's what loving accountability looks like. And that's what we do in this relationship. So We sure do. We sure do. Um, and I love that we're always so gentle with each other and so understanding and just validating too. like, it's so important to feel validated and to feel seen and heard. 
Um, and like for those of you who are listening, accountability, at least speaking for myself and just like for loved ones, it's not an attack. It's not being overly critical. And just like Corey just said, it's coming with love, approaching with love. And you see how this is all like full circle, like tying back into loving wellness. Absolutely. And so with the fourth principle of loving wellness, we have authentic empowerment. Um, And I really love this principle, especially because as we kind of named earlier, we kind of are living in this world and the society that's becoming gradually more isolated and individualistic. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so important when we talk about loving wellness, like it's so important to, you know, participate in not only your own loving wellness, but in the loving wellness of others. Right. Right. And then on the flip side of that, being in community with others who are safe and want to also participate in your loving wellness and and empower you. Um, so I think like really just being in relationship with with folks who really just authentically want to empower you and you holding yourself accountable as being a participant and authentically empowering others. Mm. I love that. And it's interesting what authentic empowerment is because I've never thought about it in like from that lens. Um, and so what's can you give like an example? What What's an example of like authentic empowerment? Like what can that look like? Yeah, I feel like I, <laughs> I feel like not to like continue to brag on our relationships. But, <laughs> I, feel like, <laughs> but I feel like we do it here. Right. Um, you know, we are not like the ways in which we empower each other is so genuine and pure. Like, I don't want anything from you. You don't want anything from me. Like, Mm. I want to see you thrive and succeed and be well. Like you want to see me thrive and succeed and be well. Like not any of that, you know, like, you know, feelings of competitiveness Mm -hmm. Um, and like, we're not vilifying because I think competitiveness again is one of those symptoms of the society that we live in. Absolutely. We live in such an individualistic and capitalist world that like really functions off of hyper competitiveness. And so it's really easy to internalize that and have competitiveness show up in your relationships, especially when you're already in a, in a place of feeling like empty and feeling kind of insecure. And I think like we both come to this space full. um, And we may, I mean, we may, not necessarily like be a hundred percent, but like we come together in just this really authentic way of like, I want to see you well. I want to see you empowered. Yeah. You want to see you well. You want to see me empowered. Um, and so I think that is kind of just an example of kind of what authentic empowerment is referencing. Okay, that helps put things into perspective. And we absolutely do love that. And I do, I'm sorry, I'm bragging on our relationship too, because <laughs> baby, this one is God ordained, okay? Um, yeah, no, I love that. I really do love that because we do show up for each other and check in and empower each other. Cause like you said, I want you to win. I want the best for you. You want me to win. You want the best for me. And that shows genuinely and authentically. So yeah, no, that's beautiful. 
Yeah. So I think we've been touching on this the entire episode, but how do you personally embrace loving wellness in your everyday life? And that is within academia, since you are a PhD student within your personal life with your loved one, with strangers, if that's applicable. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's definitely a practice, right? Um, And so I definitely have really kind of been exploring what practicing loving wellness means, um, particularly for me. So, you know, your journey may look different um, and your soul may need something different other than what I do, but I'm more than happy to share kind of like my practices. So first and foremost, I really love affirmations. And, you know, I actually on my uh, mirror, I have like these affirmations written where, you know, I'll just kind of repeat to myself, you know, I I try to do it every morning. I don't always do it every morning because some days I have to run to class or to lab. But just really taking that mindful moment of really connecting with soul and with self and, like just taking a moment to believe that I am all of the things that love tells me that I am. And I'm none of the things that oppression tells me that I am, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, um, open to love. I'm capable of loving. Like I'm patient. I'm kind. I'm connected. I'm just taking a mindful moment to to participate in my loving wellness by pouring Mm. affirmations into myself. Yeah, that is amazing. And as you said that, I'm like, wow, yeah, that's powerful. And I think for me, the way I'm practicing loving wellness is similar like you, like I am pouring into myself Mm -hmm. and not being afraid to pour into myself, not feeling bad for not having capacity to do certain things being extremely gentle with myself um, just because again, in this society, we're shamed a lot. We're shamed a lot, especially as black women, black women are man, literally, especially like people want us to suffer and to be unhappy. And my loving wellness is me actively working against that narrative. Cause I'm not, that's not my narrative. And it just is what it is. And whoever has a problem, who wants to fight? Just kidding, because I'm yeah. growing. <laughs> but like, like seriously. kidding, but like not kidding. Right, <laughs> kidding, but not kidding. Like. Um, because that's not my narrative. Like, I am not suffering in love and life in anything. You know, it looks like for me, and this also, like, as I'm saying this, this also reminds me of radical self-care too, because I'm like, I'm saying some of the things that I identify as my radical self-care practices, but they're also loving wellness practices, right? You know, walking away, maybe I'm, Corey knows, I'm not going to spill any tea right now, but Corey knows I will walk away, okay? (laughs) Like, And those of you listening who know me, you also know, okay, you know? Um, not tolerating certain things, setting those boundaries. I don't play about my boundaries. Okay. Boundaries. That is a love language. That is absolutely a love language and being firm in those boundaries, which at this point, I think I'm going to like tattoo that on my forehead. Cause I say it so much like <laughs> be firm in your boundaries and stop feeling bad about it. Because like, again, if you are not at a hundred and if your cup 
is empty, how can you pour into others? And part of loving wellness is also pouring into others, right? Community responsibility, right? So it's just like, you have to pour into yourself first and foremost. You have to take care of yourself. You have to love on yourself. You have to be gentle with yourself. Like it's necessary. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, I love that. We're kind of drawing the similarities between your podcast um, last week and, you know, you kind of talking about radical self-care and loving wellness, because I think all of these things are really rooted in resistance that you named, like resisting, you know, um, oppression, resisting, you know, gendered racial, like, you know, messages and macroaggressions that are constantly just like trying to steal black women's joy and life and love and yeah connection really like really 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 resisting that i honestly am truly i'm i'm really fed up and tired of all the relationships that have died and have been killed particularly like black sisterhoods that have been crushed under the weight of oppression Ooh. and like we really just got just, chills through my body. It's, it's so real. And we really like radical self-care and loving wellness is really just how do we reclaim and resist in this world? Like how do we remain grounded and connected? And, you know, how do we reclaim our power? So, yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you. Absolutely. Yeah. And as we're saying this, you know, our relationship is very loving, very gentle, very kind. And I want to note that this doesn't mean that natural conflicts won't arise. It just means that you approach it lovingly. If you have maybe an issue with the loved one or maybe something is not going well or something's not resonating with you, whatever, that doesn't mean you just pretend everything is okay or because like, oh, we're practicing loving well. No, community responsibility, right? It goes back to holding your people and yourself accountable in a loving way. Conflict is natural. Conflict is normal. Conflict arises like it is what it is, right? It's just the way that you approach it. Like, no, if if Corey and I had an issue, I'm approaching my sister with love. It's not going to be no B. No, it's going to be like, Hey, this is bothering me. Or, Hey, I want to talk about something open and honest conversation. And I think that's also a part of loving wellness, at least for me and how I understand it, honesty and having these open spaces and being vulnerable. Like we know vulnerability is hard, right? Especially if you've grown up like in survival mode, It's hard. Like being vulnerable is the last thing that you want to do. But in cultivating loving wellness, it's also essential. It's also necessary. Like being vulnerable is being loving. Being yourself, Mm -hmm. showing up authentically as you, that is loving wellness. Allowing Mm -hmm. others to show up authentically as themselves, holding space for that, that is loving wellness as well. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that so much. And um, I think that the moral of the story is there are so many ways to practice loving wellness. 
And so, you know, like if you're, if you love music like me, um, you can create a playlist. Like I have a loving wellness playlist on deck. So anytime mm. I'm feeling like oh, I need to feel kind of grounded in, you know, loving wellness right now, like I will just pull out that playlist and um, I'll feel, you know, refreshed and kind of revived by, you know, the music. So like, you know, they're like really you can get very creative and very intentional about what loving wellness looks like for you. Um, but if you are having kind of like a difficult time, you know, kind of navigating or kind of really trying to figure out how to start this loving wellness journey, I actually created a um, e-journal called To Be Loved, a guided um, journal that kind of helps facilitate your journey for loving wellness. Um, it's free. It's seven days. And um, you can find it on my website at coreyesbadio.com. That's K-O-R-E-E-S-B-A-D-I-O.com. And I'll drop the link too for you all to have access to it as well. And this love project, um, it's amazing, truly. And also when you said um, the music, just want to plug in. There is a group called Beautiful Chorus. I know you and I have talked about this all the time. I love Beautiful Chorus. I lo- like literally I have a playlist of ju- their songs are literally affirmations. Like that is the embodiment of loving wellness right there. Truly like so literally go on Apple Music or whatever Spotify. Look up Beautiful Chorus like and and just go through their songs. There's something that will resonate with everyone. I promise you. Just check that out. Yeah. No, I love Beautiful Chorus. They definitely, when I first started my healing journey and I discovered Beautiful Chorus, I was tapped in. Same. Um, they're, they're the way that God uses their voice to just like spread that loving wellness. It's so, it's beautiful, man. And you and feel it. You. you feel it when yeah. you listen to it, truly. Yeah. Yeah. So now, since we've been talking about loving wellness and how we embrace it and how we cultivate it, mm-hmm. have you faced any challenges cultivating loving wellness in your life? And what are these challenges? Yeah, um, I think first and foremost, you know, we all our our inner child never leaves us, you know, Um And I think through my loving wellness journey, I've had to learn not to abandon her. Um, And Mm. so I think that one of the biggest challenges, which is honestly like it's a challenge, but sometimes we think of challenge in a negative way. And And I actually think this is a very positive challenge that I have because, you know, my inner child kind of, you know, especially in academic spaces wants to revert back to those feelings of inferiority right and imposter and incompetence um you know that's kind of what my nervous system knew growing up and so like currently I think the challenge is being in constant conversation with my inner child of like I know and I understand you and I love you and I hear Mm -hmm. you and I got you and we're 25 now and we're beautiful and worthy and capable of more than you know this world has made us feel like we are like yeah weak we're strong we're sensitive we're we're all the the beautiful amazing things that God has created us to be so like just being in constant conversation with my my inner child but honestly it reinforces the loving wellness practice just being in constant 
conversation with my inner child and constant loving conversation with my inner child, I've had to definitely just reinforce and really ground myself in loving wellness. Um, and so I think that it just has really empowered me in a way of just like, it's almost like when you're having a conversation with, you know, and like a, a child or like another person yeah. and you're pouring into them and it's like, oh, okay. Like I actually believe the words that are coming out. Like I believe it for them. I believe, yeah. oh, I believe they are comp competent and capable and open to love, worthy of love and capable of loving. So if I believe that for, you know, this child or for this other person, like I got to believe that for myself. Um, and so I think that it's constant conversation and it's definitely been a process, but I think it's definitely unfolding and unraveling in one of in the most magnificent and amazing way. So um, it's kind of a challenge, but it's also like really positive. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. And I think too, um, for me, similar challenge is back to kind of talking about resisting is every day choosing to show up and live in love, to show up and be loved, to show up and live life with a love ethic, right? Mm -hmm. And not feeling bad about it. Um, mm -hmm. Because there are times I know me personally, I'm like, hmm, I'm choosing myself. This is uncomfortable. I'm not used to this. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I shouldn't be doing this. Mm -hmm. And That's it's like, so no, you absolutely should be doing this. You have to. That's absolutely. Exactly. No, you should. When you're experiencing that inner resistance and that I've experienced it in this conversation where I'm like, ooh, should I say that? And it's like you absolutely you absolutely should say it because yep. that is you living in your power. So absolutely, I love that. Exactly, exactly. Um, and so what I'm gonna take that out. Exactly, exactly. So what changes, if any, have you seen in your life and relationships since embracing loving wellness and this practice? Yeah, you know what? I really love that question because it has such a mindfulness to it of like really being attuned to what you're experiencing, kind of where you are. And I, I think that like, the results that I've experienced thus far, like we've kind of been hinting at, and it's not necessarily like the complete removal of thoughts or behaviors um, that may not serve you. Um, I think though, what I've experienced is that I feel a lot more equipped to resist and to challenge, you know, these kind of like, harmful core beliefs because mm -hmm. I know in my spirit what the ultimate truth is. And so when it does show up, it doesn't consume my entire world or my relationships anymore the way that it used to. Like um, when harmful beliefs used to show up in my life, like it would completely consume my inner world and like consume my relationships. And like, I would show up in fear and mm -hmm and kind of just like inferiority or, you know, just in that, that space of not feeling worthy. Um, 
And so like, I think currently, like I feel so much power in that like, I know that I am worthy. I know that, you know, regardless of the conflict that does show up, um, regardless of, you know, the, the challenges that may show up in my life, like I have the truth of love and mm. regardless, like I am capable and open and worthy of living in love. That's such a beautiful outlook. And that's amazing. And you know what? I really am so proud of you um, for embracing it and just showing up even because it's easy for us to kind of sometimes go back into that old mindset, right? And you have to actively work your way out of it. Um, and it sounds like you are doing an amazing job. And I'm witnessing, I'm blessed to be in your life and be in your space. And I'm witnessing it as your sister. And I love this for you, truly. Um, and I'm very, very proud of you. So keep it up, sis. You, you're doing the thing, okay? Well, you know, I just want to say it's not a isolated effort. It definitely has been a lesson that I've had to learn. You know, being in community with you, you've definitely taught me, like, how to show up and, you know, how to live in love. And, you know, everything that I've shared today is definitely a lived experience. You know, it's, and it's definitely been a trial and error, error experience. Like, I don't want folks to listen to this and be like, dang, like this sauce, like it sounds easy. It's really not. It's <laughs> like, not at all. It's not like, easy. Honestly, say it again. It's really not no. easy. Like it's even in easy. community, like we be struggling together. Like, let's just put that out there too. Yeah. Yes, we are living and we are practicing and working on loving wellness in our everyday lives. It's hard. Okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. And it's taken a lot of trial and error. Like I've messed up. You know, like I've, I've been like, you know, go to sleep at night and be like, dang, Cole, you really messed this one up today. <laughs> like, you really messed up. Like, um, but you know what? That's how are you supposed to grow? How are you supposed to evolve? How are you supposed to learn if you don't mess up? You know, one of my favorite quotes from like Nelson Mandela is don't judge me by my successes. Judge me by how many times I fell down and got back up. Like, that is just the nature of humanity is we go through life and we make mistakes. And, you know, like, like we kind of said earlier, you just never know what people are going through. You never know um, what people are carrying. Um, and so grace, like grace is so powerful. Grace is so important. So like on this loving wellness journey, you gotta extend yourself grace. Like you have to, let your soul be liberated by the power of grace in this journey, because you are going to mess up and you're going to be like, Ooh, dang. Uh, I, well, that wasn't very loving or like, you know, like, Oh dang. Like I definitely was super like harsh or, you yeah. know, like we, it's like, that's just life. Like, you're going to get through it. Right. Like you mentioned in those moments, you're, you're going to make mistakes in those moments. When you make mistakes, that's when you show up even harder, loving on yourself, even harder with the compassion, even harder with the grace mm -hmm. you have to, because there's no sense in beating yourself up or shaming yourself into a mistake that you've made. All you can focus on. And I say this a lot too, is be present. 
it's done. What's done is done, right? Unless y'all are magicians and you didn't put me on, you can't go back into the past and change anything, right? So how are you going to move forward? How are you going to learn from it? How are you going to grow from it, right? And just being gentle. I'm just going to keep saying that. Be gentle with yourself. Be kind to yourself. You have to. Yeah, absolutely. And in this journey, you got to remain grounded in the fact that despite the mistakes, despite the, you know, falling down, you are still worthy of love. Like you are still capable of loving Mm -hmm. and you are still deserving of love. You know, there's so much, you know, I guess lies that trauma tells us that we're not worthy of love, that we can't love. And that's just not the truth. The truth is, you know, love is our birthright. Love is ours. Love is real. It's, it's the truth. And, um, that is the force that is the life force. That is the energy that sustains us in our darkest hour. Um, so yeah, I, I just, yeah, girl, I'm, getting so much just like life out of having this conversation with you and just I'm so appreciative of this space and just being able to have this conversation same I love this so much and I don't know if I told you like I feel like I learned so much from you all the time and just how you show up and just how you navigate things um and just how you always truly show up with love like I think you are the epitome of like loving wellness truly like even talking to you I could be having a bad day and I hear from you and I'm like oh I feel better (laughs) like I can just feel that and sense that and you know like Corey was saying and y'all better take down those affirmations okay love (laughs) is truly your birthright like you deserve it regardless of what you've experienced regardless of the mistakes that you've made regardless of the mistakes that you are going to make because you are human that does not mean you don't deserve love and that does not mean you don't deserve a gentle love from everyone you encounter not even just romantically romantically platonically like from every relationship in your life with others you deserve love you deserve kindness you deserve gentleness and you're worthy of it all and your nervous system deserves love you know like yeah I think sometimes there's so much shame and I'm speaking from a lived experience like you know I've experienced shame and like being triggered you know um and I just want to name that like if I could just invite everyone to just like really pour and extend love to your nervous system right now to like mm. really tell your nervous system, like I see you and I understand what you've been through. Like I am so like, you deserve so much gentleness. You deserve the spaciousness to heal and to, and to really just release you know the the trauma and the pain and the suffering um and don't minimize don't gaslight don't disregard but really just take a second to tell yourself to tell your nervous system I see you I understand you and I got you yeah thank you for that and we had to take a moment of silence just now um And I hope that you guys practice that in that moment. Also, bonus treat, Corey is going to lead us through a guided meditation. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, if everyone can just take a moment to get comfortable um, where you're seated or where you're laying. And when you're ready, just gradually close your eyes and relax your body. Let's begin by bringing attention to our bodies. Notice the way your abdomen rises and falls as you inhale and exhale. Bring your attention now to your breath. Allow your breath to move in and out naturally. Bring your attention now to your thoughts. And rather than attempting to change your thoughts, just let them come and go. Observe your thoughts without judgment. In this moment, remember that you have the right to feel loving wellness. You have the right to live in loving wellness. In this moment, Allow your body, your mind, and your soul to live in harmony with one another. You are safe. You are protected. You are whole. You are not being judged. You are not being criticized. You are welcome to take up space. You have the right to be exactly who you are as you are. You are human and your experience is valid. 
You are loved. You are love. Fill your heart and your soul with these affirmations. As your heart fills with self-love, notice the warmth in your body. When you're ready, just take a few more breaths and bring your attention back. Ashe, and thank you so much for that guided meditation. What is the most important lesson loving wellness has taught you? Yeah, so, you know, two things come to mind, and we kind of talked about this earlier. First and foremost, you know, it's not easy. Love is not always easy. Love can actually be very difficult. (laughs) Um, And so I think that was the first thing in that, like, Love is not easy, and that is what makes it all the worthwhile. Um, Also, love is a practice, right? So, you know, when we talk about loving wellness and we talk about love, like love is something to be honored. It's it's more than just this this thing, this feeling. It is something that is action-based. It is a practice. It requires, you know, um, commitment and investment, and just intentionality and how we relate to ourselves and how we relate to others. So I think that that those two are definitely some of the biggest lessons that I've learned from loving wellness. Thank you for sharing that. And lastly, what advice do you have for people who want to cultivate loving wellness in their lives? And I know we kind of been talking about this throughout the entire episode. Um, And then another disclaimer, we gave the disclaimer earlier. This is not intended to replace therapy. This is not professional services. Um, Please seek professional support. This is just a way to give you some insight on what this looks like for both of us. So just that disclaimer. So yeah, you know, I I think that, you know, loving wellness is definitely just a journey and a process. And we kind of have been touching on this throughout the podcast, but really just giving yourself grace. Um, you know, one of uh, my favorite podcasters, aside from you, because you're one of my favorite podcasters, but um, someone who I listen to a lot, Tim Ross, um, he kind of mentioned this on his podcast the other day, and I thought it was like so important to understand that like human beings, we often see ourselves and the world as black and white, but we're extremely gray, you know? So like 
let's let us create spaciousness and hold the tension of one i'm in the midst of healing and healing is often painful and mistakes will happen as a consequence and two i am unequivocally a being of love yeah you know like in the midst of my unearthing in the midst of my unraveling I am open to love, I am worthy of love, and I'm capable of loving, again, despite the lies that oppression tells me, um, that Mm -hmm. pain tells me, that trauma tells me, that shame tells me. So grace, yeah, grace. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And compassion, like we said earlier, and If you are wondering now how to kind of start this loving wellness journey, I would say start by maybe small practices. Just jump in. Small self-care practices, Mm -hmm. small ways to love on yourself. Like, what does it mean for you to be loved? Make a list. What does it look like for you to be loved by yourself, by other people? What does that look like for you? And start checking things off on the list. Do at least one loving activity, loving practice every single day. Like one thing I do every single day, similar. I think you mentioned this earlier. Affirmations. Mm -hmm. I say my affirmations in the mirror when I wake up in the morning. Mm -hmm. Literally. I do Mm -hmm. miss some days. I miss some days. That's okay. That's okay. But I say them in the mirror. You know, I mentioned in the other episode, I schedule time in the morning. Like I wake up earlier to talk to God in the morning. Amen. You know, and it's like finding at least one self-care thing. Yeah. You mentioned earlier too, the um, physical, like nourishing your body. Yeah. I'm going to eat something good and something that I enjoy. Yeah. You know, so finding that. And if you are wondering how to do it, just do it. And I know that that's very vague, but that's literally what it is. Do it. Just jump in. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love how you kind of just brought in those pieces of wellness that we talked about earlier and like um, really, you know, translating it into these applicable steps of practicing loving wellness. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, you kind of mentioned this piece about waking up every morning and just like having moments with God. And I just have to, you know, keep it real. Like my relationship with God has just absolutely deepened my understanding of love and just the way that God loves. Like he, I am a vessel of God's love. Um, Yeah. Like his just unconditional positive and loving regard for my wellness and my well-being, the patience that God has had with me as I go through life and make mistakes and, and, you know, make decisions without him and without consulting him and, you know, just his loving kindness and his, his guidance has absolutely just really enriched my loving wellness journey. And I definitely, you know, I know you named earlier that like, I am one of the most loving people that you, that you may have experienced or met. And I just have to give it to God. Like, 
I wouldn't be the woman I am if it weren't for my relationship with him. And like, you know, I, I receive an honor, like, you know, you seeing that and like, it's all God and, and God's love. Like I'm a vessel. So, you know, I really just want to name that, you know, I know, you know, spirituality and religion kind of can be a bit of a taboo topic when we're like talking about like psychology and things like that. Um, and, you know, my relationship with God, your relationship with God, like that's the relationship that we have with God. Um, and that looks different for everybody else. And, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, if you, if you don't necessarily believe in God, like I completely understand and I just have to be really honest and transparent about where my source of love comes from. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much for bringing that up. I definitely resonate with that. And something it made me think of um, that could be helpful for people who are starting on their loving wellness journey. Every time I talk to God, I ask God to allow me to see myself the way that he sees me and allow me to love on myself the way that he loves me. I say that every single day, every single time I pray. And I think that I've been able to love on myself through his eyes. And that has also been helpful. So I 100% resonate with that. Seek that love and seek that clarity from God or from whatever higher power you believe in or from the universe, whatever you, whatever you gain that energy from and that love from, seek it there. Um, It's very helpful. And thank you so much for mentioning that because that's definitely a big part of the journey And for us, for us, you know, it looks different for everyone. Um, So, yeah, just jump in. Just do it. Just do it. Nike. (laughs) Right. Exactly. So any final thoughts before we wrap up, Corey? Yeah, you know, I feel like this conversation was just so fruitful and um, so nourishing. I my deepest hope and prayer is that people feel nourished by this conversation. They feel empowered to seek loving wellness, you know, in the ways that feel authentic to them. Um, And that honestly, my deepest hope is just that we're all well and that we all just know how loved we are. Um, And, you know, I just let love lead the way. Yeah, yeah. And thank you for that. I received that. And I hope that you all received that as well. And thank you so much for being here with me, sis. You know, it's been a pleasure to have this conversation with you and be in this space with you. I really appreciate your presence and your affirmations and your words and your gifts. And also thank you to you all for tuning in with us. I am sending you love and light on your journeys. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a few seconds to leave me a rate and written review. I'd greatly appreciate it. Also share this episode and this podcast with any one you think would enjoy it. Follow Growing Gardenias on all platforms to keep up with the latest content. I love you all and I'll talk to you next week. Gardenia blessings to each of you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> okay.